Fantasy Console is officially a hybrid combination of two topics we love to talk about. Video games and food. Sure, yeah. And I, uh, Well, no, I'd say three. Have, also, idiocy. Have I looked into trying uh, to buy myself a KFC console? Absolutely. I don't know if I would even go as far to say, like, no, nah, I think this is... There's just something beautiful about combining something like a game console quote-unquote, with food in this way. I mean, you've had sponsorship collabs, like, oh, hey, mm-hmm. I'm sponsored by fucking G Fuel or whatever, or I'm sponsored by... No, sure. I, I, I exactly Fucking Totino's like, pizza rolls. And this KFC is- has, has already dipped their feet into making video games yeah. with the date the, date the colonel thing. Yeah, sexy, the- sexy Sanders. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the Colonel Dating Simulator, of course. Yeah. yeah. They're also... They're, did you see they're also putting together a um, like a romance vid- movie thing with yeah, uh, that, that, fucking... That, that's where uh, I draw the MC line. Slater? The chicken chamber. Yeah, man. yeah. The chicken yeah. chamber. Yeah. But yes, this combines... I, I feel like this is a collaboration between the food scientist and... God, who would be the other person to collab on such a project? It's is this just something- a food scientist. Remember, he's a scientist. He's a man of science. He realized, but there he, was he no doesn't know how to manufacture fun. things. But you know he- who does? Henry Ford, horse murderer. You're absolutely right. This is this is what I was looking for. This is where this the horses are going. Yep. Hen- Henry nailed it on the fucking head. Henry Ford, horse horse murderer, and the food scientist teaming up to bring you the. KF console. Well, can we chat with them and kind of ask them what their insight was and I, I, why I this is a thing? Contact the food scientist, uh, Henry Ford, horse murderer, is far for uh, let's say uh, hard to contact these days. Yeah. <laughs> Too busy horse murdering. It's Henry a full time job. Horse murderer. It's not yeah. just a job; it's a vocation. <laughs> Well, can you call the food scientist? We we need answers. We could, in theory, get in contact with the food scientist. Okay, go call him. I don't care where this podcast needs to go right now. I need to talk to him. We have questions. Yeah. All right. I I have the food scientist for you. Um, for for you, Alex. So, what, what do you want to ask him? Okay. So, first of all, happy New Year. Haven't seen you since last year. Yes, happy New Year. Second thing. What the fuck, man? How are you going to make a product like this and not give this fucking podcast first dibs on that shit? There's a supply chain issue, gentlemen. I I, I know, you are obviously worthy of the KF console. We all are. It's the console for those of us that listen to this podcast. But, as you know, as a man of science, Nikolai Tracksuit happened. And well, if you have supply chain problems, Nikolai Tracksuit's the guy to solve them. He is the supply chain problem, gentlemen. He has well, taken all of the consoles for himself. Well, can you can you get him on the line so we can talk to him? No, I'm scared of that fucker. I make food science, not shady back alley deals. That's Ford's department. Well, Charlie knows how to talk to fucking Nikolai Tracksuit. Can you... So can we get him on the line? Because we have questions. All right? I'm not a journalist, per se, but I'm doing some investigative journalism to find out why this podcast, why the Wicked Awesome cast does not have a KF console in 2021. This is ridiculous. I say, boys, been trying to get you one, but Henry Ford Horse Murderer, 
Just gotta just just still trying to manufacture more. I'm that, I'm Henry Ford horse murderer. The Henry Ford horse murderer? The Henry Ford horse murderer? I, I believe it is. Huh. We got him coming right off right off the line. Built by people who are eating horses, so strong, healthy people. <laughs> the well-nourished workers are <laughs> productive workers. Only the, the well- finest horse meat for those builders. <laughs> and and they've been using using the uh, ones right off the shelf to warm up those nice horses. So uh, horse hey, meat. So I don't know if I'm going to ask this, Henry Ford, but where are you sourcing your uh, horses for? Uh, are they failure? Are they failed Kentucky Derby entrance? My horses are the finest thoroughbreds that we could ever find. Yes, we don't need them anymore. I'm Henry Ford Horse Murderer. <laughs> and I approve this message. Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, the first Wicked Awesome cast of 2021. This is episode 232. My name is Maeve. Well, it's Alex, but Maeve is what I go uh, by on the internets. Um, and I am joined here with my two cohorts. We're back for another year of uh, video game malarkey. We've got Charlie, a.k.a. Mordek Undivided. And we have Henry, a.k.a. Kraken Zero. And yes, the boys are back in town. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year, I think. I petitioned to legally right? change Alex's name to Maeve. <laughs> new year, new, new year, new me. Uh, last last name online, Maeve. Yeah, last name online. <laughs> yes, this is accurate, Mister Online. Yes, are you related to Mister Worldwide? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the boys are back in town. It's been a while. I haven't seen you guys since last year. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> You knew it was coming. I, I like, did. You should not be shocked or surprised. Yeah, no, or... I, I guess like it's like we, we just said new a uh, new year, new me. It's like nah, same year, basically same bullshit. Like not much has changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe so. in a couple months I'll change my tune, but like we're just in twenty twenty, the sequel now. Yeah, Part two the second season, Electric Boogaloo, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we said, our like we said, our last kind of official podcast. If you're going into this new year being like things are magically gonna change, Alex is finally gonna stop making puns. Uh, yeah, no, you're just gonna be disappointed. Like, yeah, that's gonna be a no for me, dog. Yeah, so. New Year's same bullshit. Yeah, wicked awesome casting changing with the times. We are the times. We define <laughs> the times. Goddamn right. Time passes because we will it to, not the other way around. I yes, welcome to a new year of the Wicked Awesome Cast. Uh, we have not changed for better or worse. Our nope. newest resolution: keep doing exactly what we were doing previously. It seemed to be working, and fuck <laughs> anyone who said it didn't. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, um, how are you guys doing? I know it's been a. We took a week off because you know it kind of felt right. I'm glad we were all in agreement on that one. Fuck actually. that! I got sick. Well, yeah, you got sick, but I mean, well, let's talk about that. What happened? Was I, it, it, and nothing super eventful. Like I, I, I had two possible, like if I had indeed tested positive for COVID, two very obvious, like that's where it happened, officer moments. But no, no me and my wife just kind of came down with something that 
had all the right symptoms and all the right paranoia because living in Los Angeles is a fucking nightmare on that topic. Like, not to start this podcast off real sad, but I think we're up to a number where it's like once every... I read eight, but my wife said six minutes someone here dies of COVID, so that's fun. You get to act real carefully the moment you have like even the sniffles. You're like, oh, my throat hurts. I might die next week. Like That's that's kind of the paranoia, at least me and her are choosing to live at right now, and it's not healthy, but at the same time, it's a way to stay healthy, maybe. Yeah. It's that, that, dire here. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I got a buddy who works in uh medical field in L.A., and he actually legit texted me this morning. He's like, hey, you guys take care of your loved ones. I'm seeing too much death around here. Yeah, it's, it's fucking depressing. I'm like, oh. I, I know we are a gaming podcast, but yeah, no, that's just why we didn't have a podcast last week. Like, I spent a big chunk of time genuinely kind of concerned about my COVID test where it's like, yeah, um, wonder how concerned I should be. And I'm fine. I'm here. Like I've recovered completely kind of thing. Like came back negative, et cetera, et cetera. I got lucky, but yeah, there, there were two very obvious, like if indeed it came back positive, it's like right there. Those are the obvious points. And they both involve takeout, which just kind of speaks to how, if you're in a state where things aren't messed up or a place where things aren't super messed up right now, congratulations, savor it. Here, it's a bit of a nightmare occasionally. You're like, wow, people are terrible. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I don't want to go into it, but let's just say that there's a couple of areas around L.A. County that I'm going to say are oh, more largely responsible for this. My area that, is not great. <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, there, there's a couple of areas that surround L.A. County that have been anti-masker this whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, one that's might say anti-masking thing. originated in one of those counties. Yeah. Uh, in any case, I'm glad that you're, I mean, it seems yeah. like you're already mostly over it. Yeah, so yeah that's I'm, good. I'm fine. It wasn't COVID either. Like, it was just, hey, you're sick. And yeah. I'm like, oh, God, thank God I just have the flu. Oh, no, I have the flu. Yeah. The flu sucks, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, got sick, took, uh, slept a bunch, took some cold medication, now I'm back. I did play some stuff, though, uh, between last podcast and now. Oh, gone. I think I'm in the final stretch of Cyberpunk. I've been taking my real slow burny time with that, just kind of squeezing all of the Glitchfest juice out of that game to my well, enjoyment. I, well, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think you know, trying to rush too fast oh, yeah, the game, no. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like take you, especially if the game is an enjoyable experience in a lot of ways. Yeah, I always take. I try to take my time through games and not yeah. just kind of cruise through them as quickly as possible. No, and I've definitely enjoyed my. T- I, I, I get. I, it's the. I'm aware that game is a hut fucking mess, and I've definitely encountered some new hilarious hut fucking mess moments lately. It doesn't change the fact I still really enjoy playing that game. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, I played a game that I also had a lot of fun playing, and it ran really surprisingly well. Hmm. I played the Monster Hunter Rise demo oh. on my Switch. I didn't think I'd want to play another monster game this soon after Monster Hunter World, but I'm really intrigued by this weird Naruto-inspired parkour grappling hook spider web infused version of Monster Hunter. It seems <laughs> really cool. It's really fun. That, that, so hmm. this is coming to the Switch. It's kind of, it, what the previous Monster Hunter games had that World did not have is they had like kind of a fun sense of humor to them, and each of the games has its own 
thing going on. Like they, they each have like, hey, here's this game's gimmick. World was, yo, we're back on a real console and we're amazing. That was its gimmick. And we're like, yeah, it's a pretty good gimmick. We're fine with that. But some of the gimmicks over the years have been a little bit kind of crazier. There have been stances. There's been other weird stuff. Like they, they have a real kind of sense of personality and place to them. And this one appears to be Monster Hunter Ninja Edition, basically. Hmm. and it kind of works like so uh, the big difference is you have each of the weapons have some additional move sets with the except of the um insect glaive which got done dirty but it has some every cl- uh, every weapon has some new mobility like just some base mobility options you can use to kind of traverse in new ways using this kind of spider-man web slinger like ability it's got some charges on it doesn't run out of ammo it's and mostly it's kind of for closing down or tethering yourself to enemies it's really cool it can also be used to ride enemies, which is a cool mechanic, but not kind of the big focus. Uh, but as part of this, it opens up some new combo things. Like, you can do a bunch of... The hammer gets kind of a bunch of fresh life breathed into it because of the new system. I All the weapons have a new kind of higher-end sense of mobility to them. You can charge great sword charges now. Like, I could go deep into the mechanics of this, and I probably will when the game comes out, but suffice to say, it feels really good, and... like. My issue with the Monster Hunter games on DS was always they didn't have a second joystick, and the Switch at least has that. And does it look as good as World does? No, but it looks good as hell. Like, it's got that same Monster Hunter, like, very kind of cartoony, very it style. And I, I, I'm i losing, I kind of miss that some in World. Like, don't get me wrong, World is a fucking amazing game, Iceborne as well. But it lacked kind of some of the weird, quirky personality the handheld versions have had, like the Nintendo ones have had for a while. And this one has that in spades, like literally your handler, or not handler, but I guess like your boss for this one is just a ninja master as best I can tell. He's like whipping around the map on spider stick in tutorials for you. And yeah, no, it's, it's a lot of the weapons seem to have kind of a samurai kind of Japanese, very inspired quality to them. It, mm. it, it feels like Monster Hunter Weeb Plus Edition. And I kind of dig it because it's, it's so different in some ways. It has so much personality. It's just like, yeah, no, we we put samurai bullshit in this one. You had samurai bullshit. No, no, we put samurai bullshit in this one, and ninjas and all that stuff that would come along with that. And it works. It's cool. Some of the new monsters I've seen look really nice. It's not, again, the game is not as nice looking as World is, but it's like it's nice enough looking. It's never been a. It's never been kind of about the graphics. It's about the monsters and kind of the flair of the game and. The flare is on point. It's colorful. It's bright. The movement feels really good. A bunch of the weapons are more viable now because hey, you have a second joystick still on a mobile version. Hunting horn is beast. Like they looked at that thing and were like, "Yeah, but what if we emulated a uh, fucking smashing guitar as opposed to just playing them on monsters? What if we did that?" And oh, it's fun. Uh, yeah, insect glaive got done dirty because it's like now everything can insect glaive, and you go, "Oh, insect glaive, you're no longer special. You're no longer the most mobile thing because everything is equally mobile." Oh well, I got that great sword and zip all over that map now. Yeah, it it feels like a very smart follow up to both the kind of DS legacy of these games and World in some ways. It feels like World, like it's got the kind of problem you do have individual loading zones you have to go to. It's it is once again slightly held back by technology. It feels more like the old school ones, but like if you wanted to bring this game to PC and more powerful consoles and just link all the world maps together. I'd be real into that because I'll probably get the uh, the Switch version of this one anyway, though, too. Because it's fine. Like it's 
it's very weird for me saying this where the simple addition of it feeling like a real console again where it is the two joysticks it's like no i i can put up with the individual maps of monster hunter yeah that, that, that nostalgic aspect to it like i wish this was the open world-ish version that was world at the same time it's still monster hunter it's still cool and now i got like ninja attacks and that's fun like this weird spider web abilities i have are neat and they're fun and that's what that game's always been about being neat and fun and yeah going crazy with the hammer just like wall jumping all over the place to get those swing attacks is silly and fun and weird and i'm very impressed by it i, I kind of looked at the trailers i'm like okay this is a thing and now that i played it, i'm like no this is a thing this is this is legitimately good like this is maybe not as good in some ways technologically as world is but like in a world where you have to have a mobile version of monster hunter this is real cool it will make people mm. really happy i think yeah in a less kind of digital version, I have played the Alien tabletop RPG finally, and I have feelings about that thing. For a bunch of time, I spent a lot like, so, uh, Alex and Harry, you actually guys know this game already, technically. It's based off of, so we played some Tales from the Loop, which is based off the uh, Year Zero engine. This uses the same thing, so teaching you guys how to play this game would be effortless. This is kind of that applied to a horror-only background, so it's still very kind of new player focused and kind of very friendly to that part and i spent a lot of time going why the fuck would you make an alien rpg and having played this game some i take that back but i'm also still kind of like why the fuck would you make an uh, alien tabletop rpg because it works really well the game is inherently fantastically tense and captures the vibe of the movie hmm. and even like well because like it's got like supply items built like it's got oxygen like and it's it really doubles down on the aliens are so much more powerful than you. Like, you cannot 1v1 this alien and hope to win unless you're in the, like, it's the, do you want to have your Ripley moment? Cool. And it, it's very much kind of designed to be cinematic in how it works. It moves really quickly. It's had a good kind of horror vibe to it. And I'm still kind of in the weird spot where, I'm like, this game doesn't need to exist, but I've changed that too. It doesn't need to exist, but... I'm really glad it does, because it's surprisingly fun. Like, I, I'm not sure it's it's a good game for ongoing campaigns, but the kind of, like, one-shot cinematic approach the game seems to favor is pretty cool, and it works. It feels very much like kind of a sequel to the Alien franchise that you'd actually want to watch and play. So I've been impressed with that. I, I've also been sitting back and enjoying the, uh, there's been some real drama in the uh, pug rescue community lately. Hmm. Oh, I, it's just kind of weird pet drama, but it's been fun to watch. It's it's been the levity at the start of 2021 for me. It's like ah, this is ridiculous. What have you two been up to? Um, I guess as far as my stuff goes. So, um, <laughs> speaking of dog stuff, I'll just go over this one here. So they had a they had a sale for uh, the dog health DNA thing. Uh, I think it was right around Black Friday. So I bought a DNA health test for Beasley, my dog, um, who I thought was a black lab, but color me surprised. Turns out she's not at all. So um, we did the DNA test. And so, um, you know, it's not just for the knowing what breed she was officially, because I really didn't know what she was. Like, uh, was it Mandy literally found her? Like, I guess she was, like, literally... They brought her into the hospital she worked at at the time because um, they literally just found the dog, like, near a dumpster. 
kind of thing. So it was, it was literally a dumpster dog kind of thing. Um, and so we took her in, we took care of her, and she very much became my dog kind of thing at that point. Um, and so I was like, well, let's, let's find out what she really actually is. So Turns out she's a bobcat. Yeah, it turns out she's a bobcat, yes. <laughs> no, but it was really cool because um, so once we did the test and everything, um, it turns out she's actually half of what we thought she was. Um, but there was no lab at all. She's turns out she's fifty percent Rottweiler, like thirty something percent German Shepherd, and then the last fifteen percent of it is Chow Chow, which was interesting because we totally thought she was lab because she's like she's fully black dog, with like except for a little bit of like white tuff on her chest and on her chin. But yeah, like it was very very surprising to say the least. And so uh, yeah. Plus, I mean, like I said, we found some stuff out that she has some genetic markers for something I need to keep an eye out for later on. Mm. Specifically, like, you know, potential spinal issues down the line where, uh, you know, she might lose control of her hind legs kind of thing and all that. So, you know, just to be safe, I'd rather, now that I know, we can put her on a supplement and all that. So she's, uh, it, you know, obviously it won't prevent it, but at least we can reduce down the line so we'll see responsible ownership can be done yes so um yeah pretty much that's so we did that and like i said i'm just super stoked that we got those results and oh, sure <laughs> yeah it was really cool but yeah very very surprising to say the least because i was like what mm. the fuck uh, not at all chow? what you expected <laughs> yeah i not at all i don't know what a chow chow is it, you know what a pomeranian is sort of just make it bigger. Okay. Like, yeah. And, like, in the end, it makes a lot of sense, given, like, some of the, her attitude as far as a dog goes, because, like, she's very she's very defensive of me, you know, and kind of is weary with new people at first, which makes sense, given, like, Rottweilers and German Shepherds or guard dog-esque kind of personality. So is a Chow Chow, apparently, so... Put all that together, and she's very much like that's who she is. So, um, well, so I, yeah. I have to apologize a little bit if you feel personally attacked. When I was like, "Why the fuck is everyone I know doing dog tests right now?" <laughs> you probably were the first, but like within hours of you getting on social and being like, "Yo, I did this dog test," I, I want to say I came across like thirty other people I know doing like, "Hey, we did this dog test," and I'm like, "What the fuck happened?" Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, like I said, I, I had been, I'd been thinking about it for a while, but it was funny we pulled the trigger on it, and it was, uh, it's it fun. was surprising. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I'm, I'm happy because now we know, and no now I love mystery. your dog less, it's, it's fine to say it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, it's nice. So, um, beyond that, I mean, it was... The New Year, so I kind of did some sprucing up just to kind of get things in order and all that. So, um, yeah, not much else for me, really. Been playing well. We're uh, we're progressing to Castle Nathria fairly well. I think we're at five out of ten at this point uh, in terms of mythic progression kills. So we're halfway there. So we'll see how that goes, but yeah, that's that's where I am at with. My life right now. So yeah, I've uh, been playing uh, kind of a collection of games. I 
some of a lot of them kind of had a lot of similarities. I finally finished up Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden. The f- game engine, I love it. I love the game engine. I think it's fantastic. Storyline is pretty weak, I have to say. Not going to give away any spoilers about it, but I'll just say I thought it was kind of weak and predictable. And, yeah, there's no surprises in that game. And pretty shallow, too. Like, none of the characters are developed at all. Like, like, uh, like I think one of the couple of the characters you get later get a little more dialogue. It's just like, for the most part, they they haven't... You're playing as these characters with no personality. None whatsoever. And that's weird. That's really weird, because... I think the I think it suffers from the thing that the town hub is extremely limited, so there's like almost no sort of interaction with anybody. So you don't get to really see anybody's personalities except for like the kind of main guy in in the hub. It's just like I don't know, it's it seems like they came up with this great engine and then just kinda of slapped a story on it. I mean it's it's very weak. Very, very weak with no character development. Like, none. Like, there's no story arc for the characters, you know? Like, you don't, you don't, you don't see, like, some sort of gradual change or the, they're kind of the same. There's just nothing. There's nothing there. And I think that's probably the most uh, disappointing thing is that there's a, for a game that with a, definite like closed narrative it, it there's no real story to be had but i enjoyed playing it i yeah, really I'm, think the engine's great rather being more of a story than you're giving credit for but also it's been a while since i played it like how much of the side stuff do you do i guess i got way into that i mean i did literally everything you could That's possibly fair, yeah, do in I'd... the game i mean there aren't really side quests though even like I did every single area. I mean, if that's, that's what you're fair. saying, like all all the different areas, I did all of them. Like, and as it turns out, I was probably being way too sort of conservative about items and stuff because at the end, I just had like tons of a lot of stuff that I didn't end up using. Once you get but, stealth weapons in that game, you get beastly. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like. It's the game kind of it's like all these different weapons, but really what it came down to is everybody needs a stealth weapon. Yep. Upgrade that thing so that you can take out a lot of people in one turn before they can call out. Yeah. Or at least use somebody that has an ability that can knock them down so they can't like talk or yell out. And. Then it comes down to, and then when there's a boss, like just have big enough weapons, just and ability to just unload into them, and pretty much end most bosses in about two turns. Yeah, not the least ability so, for it. I was dug, but yeah, no, it's. I mean, I I feel like it's good, and uh, like I well, I I like the lethality of it in that like it's really easy to get your char- characters killed. Like, yeah, you don't you don't have that many hit points. Like, you get hit a couple of times and you're down, and I like that. It's it very much is like in that way it's like XCOM in that there's there's definitely like the yeah you can just get absolutely like you could I don't know if you can lose people permanently because I never had anybody like time out during the during the battle that is like you know they got knocked out and it times out or whatever yeah and you lose 
Can you lose people permanently? No, they kind of they can be knocked out. Can't revive them in battle, but they come back at the end. Oh, they always come back, no matter if you. I think so, but I'm not sure. I had one getting totally knocked out. I, I, I played on a pretty high difficulty. I'm not sure how accurate my. Yeah, I played yeah. on the higher difficulty as well. So I, I have, I don't, but I, I never end up letting anybody like time out because you know there's like you know two or three turn, you know three turns or four turns or whatever when they can time out. So, but I never had that happen. I. Uh, but I also generally tend to be pretty decent at tactical games like that. But I, li- I like the engine a lot. I like the mixture of the real time with the tactical. But yeah, the the storyline is pretty whatever. Is there's 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 no growth by the characters. There's not a lot of they don't interact with that many people at all. And I think that's that's another part of the problem. You see bits of their personality yeah. come through because. Sometimes when you come into a new area or come upon something, like, I guess, of note, the couple of the characters will comment on it, but that's it. But it's like, I like the designs, I think there's really cool designs for the characters, but I just feel like it was really wasted. Like, there's they, they just needed a writer, like, to actually write... I think write. a sequel's coming, too. I think they announced, like, Mutant Year Zero 2 recently, so that might be hope for that there. Yeah. Hopefully they'll realize, you know, that, you know, if you want people to care about, especially if the characters can live or die, to care if they care about the characters, they need to have characters that have personalities and interact and like yeah, I yeah. But I, I like the game and I would buy the sequel because it's it's that good of a game. Other games I played I played well I played I finally I played Endless Zone, which was that one of the Sega free games that they gave away. That game is horse shit. That's like <laughs> something that somebody made on <laughs> Unity in like two hours. Like and that's being generous. Holy shit, that game is horse shit. That game is just like basically it's kinda like Fantasy Zone, but your weapon is terrible, you move even slower. And the screen just fills with enemies. They they have no hope in hell of hitting. Like just just full, just goddamn full of enemies. Just right off the bat, it's just like, well, I guess he'll die. It's it's terrible. I mean, and I hate that it, they even linked it in with the endless universe. So if you're not familiar, there's a lot of games that are like Dungeon of the Endless, which is one of my favorite games. Endless Legend, Endless Space that are all based in the same uh, same universe. I've talked about this before. But this the endless zone is basically fantasy zone and but within the endless universe, but I wish they would have put in like you know, maybe one more hour of time into making sure that this game was just wasn't just a load of shit. Oh god, it's fucking terrible. Real bad. But anyways, uh other games that I played um, Tokyo, I went back to Tokyo Twilight Ghost Hunters Daybreak Special Gigs. It's, uh, real good. Really good game. I mean, it's just fun. I like to go back to it every once in a while because it's, it has, you can follow the storyline or you can just do side quests all the time and just rack up kind of levels for the characters and items and stuff. And if you're, some of the, 
some of the things are quite difficult, but it's 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 interesting. I still like the engine. I like the concept. I uh, oh yeah, I also played. Finally got around to playing Torchlight Two. So I hadn't played the second one before, and just topped into it. And yeah, I don't see any reason to ever play a fucking Diablo game again. Torchlight series is just better. It really it's, is. It's a great. It's a great game. Yeah, and I have Torchlight Two, and it's a lot of fun. I have not played Torchlight Three. That's out, right? Yes. Came out. Yeah. Is it? That came, I thought it, it came out. Or is the beta this, out this it's, year? I thought it came no, out. No, it's it's out now. Like fully out, I think. But yeah, Torchlight Two. But Torchlight Two is real good. It's a really good game. I has so much like quality of life improvements over the sort of Diablo style play. It's just just little things. Like, what I've always been struck by is that it feels like it's actually progressed over the last decade of video games, where Diablo yeah. still, for better or worse, feels like Diablo. Yeah. Torchlight 2 just feels like, hey, you know what? We've found out things since Diablo came out that would actually make playing the game easier. And just, uh, there's just so many kind of minor and small little quality of life improvements even over the first one and it's just good it's just really fun and uh you know i'd be willing to like play on somebody's server at this point but it's like it's really good i'm just playing through the you know i'm playing through the main storyline as it were single player but it's fun it's really cool i like the storylines good i mean it's not amazing but i think it's good i think it's you know, good enough. But the engine is just good. It's just like I like being able to hold control and click stuff so that my character doesn't go running over in, into like right into people because I'm using a character with ranged attacks. I like the I'm I'm going with the double guns. I think that's I think that's really fun actually. Double guns. Oh yeah, it's 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 great. You especially when you get some good good pistols to use. And, yeah, uh, so I don't want to get that close to enemies. So, yeah, I the fact that you have a actually very useful pet, like, especially in this case when I'm playing a ranged character, I just, my pet just runs, I'll just put them on aggressive and they run right in and and kind of hold people off while I just pick everybody off from distance. Every class is a pet class. Well, no, I mean, you can. there's classes definitely where it's like you take a big sword and you hack people right in the face. You have a pet still, but, don't you? Yeah, you have a pet still in yes, all the classes, I, yes. No, that was my joke. Every class is a pet class. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, it's, yeah, I, that's the class that just seemed the coolest to me because it mixes both with hacking and you get some cool magic abilities. But, yeah, <clears throat> it's... Yeah, it's really fun, and yeah, like I said, so much better than Diablo. I mean, at at this point, it's just like, why play Diablo when you have this? Especially when the only Diablo, right, modern Diablo, is the phone game. And you know what? Just play Torchlight. I mean, I think I'd be willing to pick up Torchlight 3 at some point. The other nice thing is it runs fine on my computer. (laughs) 
Like, you do not need, like, a mega video card to run it. And it still looks nice. That's the thing. It's like, actually still looks just fine. That was one of the funny things about Mutineer Zero. I think I mentioned that, but there's even a setting in that game, which which is, graphics setting is for, they have an embedded graphics kind of pre-setting, and you just set that up, and it sets everything up, all the other kind of settings for you for the graphics. They actually thought, hey, somebody's going to play this game, and they only have an in, like an, a, a, an onboard video card. I think that, that was kind of cool. But in any case, yeah, that's what I was up to. Also played a bit of PSO2, and wondering why they didn't just wait until New Horizon came out bring it to the States at this point. I mean, if you're going to wait, like, X number of years, why not just wait until this big remake comes out? I don't know if you two know Does anything the about that. explanation of story reasons make that make more sense, or nah? Uh, I don't know. I mean, New Horizon looks like, it's just, I mean, it's a new game. It's it's completely, and, it, and the, the connection between the two is at least with your character, is kind of tenuous. Like, character, like, progression won't be a thing between the two games. It's not even quite sure how your character transfers into it. It does to some extent. It's real weird. It's real weird the the way the two are going to be connected. And as as that, I'm like, well, I've spent all this time leveling up a character in regular old PSO2. Yeah. And now, like a year later, New Horizons coming out is like, okay. I wonder Seems if it's kind weird. of a like because we could type of thing. And what do you I mean, well, like if you're Xbox, you win some major points with me personally just by going, "Yo, we brought PSO two to the Western world," and I go, "That's awesome." And then you're like, "And hey, new PSO is coming out in like four months." Oh shit! I don't know. I. I, I'm not sure what kind of the coherent thought in there is, but like, it also is quite possible that like, if you're to make PSO two dash two viable for the West, you have to put in all the work in at the base level anyway. So why the fuck not? But also, this wasn't necessarily announced. Maybe back when they started the whole push, but fuck why? What fuck it? What do I know at this point? Yeah, I, well, New Horizon had to be in like production for sure. over a year, way over a year, because this is it's not like. They just, it looks like it's complete, completely new game. Like, it's basically PSO3. Like, it's its an entirely new engine. And a lot of the items and stuff won't transfer, apparently. Or, or they if they transfer, they'll be in a different form. Because they don't want to mess up. Also, they don't want to screw up the economy of New Horizon, because it's kind of be considered its own thing. So, yeah. taking valuable stuff and kind of selling it over in New Horizon... I guess that's not going to be a thing you can really do, or somehow they're going to prevent it. It's weird. It's weird. It's just, I don't know. It seems to be the same problem with, you know, Destiny 2 coming out with new light and, you know, putting a lot of stuff into the vault. Like, but there's still, but at least in Destiny 2, your character is still everything kind of transfers. It's kind of the same as it was. It's the same character, yeah. There's narrative stuff that happens. Yeah, but I mean, like, as far as, like, your items didn't change, and, like, your, you know, it's not like you have two characters now, and that's what it's going to be like with New Horizon. Like, you will have two characters with different progressions, 
and some of the items will transfer over, and it's really unclear how all that's going to work. So, I mean, that's... But, yeah, that seems weird to me. I guess, uh, yeah, I don't understand why they didn't just wait until New Horizon just say, hey, New Horizon PSO2 coming out, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much it's worth getting people, you know, 10 months of PSO2, you know, I guess, old school, old school PSO2, and then coming out with New Horizon like 10 months later. It's bizarre, but... Yeah. Anyways. It may have also been like, is it actually worth this? Holy shit, people latched on to this. Okay, yeah, we should maybe make this happen. Yeah, I guess, Well, New Horizon was going to come out anyways, because, was I mean, it? New... Yeah, in, at least in Japan, I'm pretty yeah, sure. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe it was like, okay, yeah, maybe we should also if this party to bring it to the West too. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's it's really weird. Is it's obvious they're going to Twilight PSO two old school at some point. So I don't know. It's weird. It, it seems really weird to get people super into a game and then just be like, "Well, here's a new version," and everybody's probably a lot of people are probably going to move over to that. And not play the first one. The first one's going to become a fucking ghost town. See, that's what I'm afraid of. That old school PSO2 is just going to be a, become an absolute ghost town after New Horizon is uh, is fully released. Anyway, that's what I was up to in games. <laughs> Actually, had a had a quite a few that I played. Yeah. So starting the year off strong, so to speak. Yep. Yeah. Maybe it's time for news. Is it time for news? News? So we were playing a little bit of catch-up this week. There's some news from two weeks ago that we thought was kind of important to throw in here because we missed it and maybe become an ongoing thing. But let's start off with our CD Project Red corner. Um, yeah, so we got a bunch of stuff about CD Project Red's game, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Not surprising. I don't think there's any part what we're about to talk about that any of us are sitting here being like I am shocked and amazed to hear this. I did not see that coming. But so that game is now facing two separate lawsuits. One two? class is action lawsuits. What was sorry, one class action lawsuit from kind of a like consumer end of things. And the other from a uh board of uh, from a federal uh, sorry, uh, basically a uh, what's the right phrase? Investor lawsuit kind of a misrepresentation yeah. and huh. Yep. I'd heard about the investor lawsuit. I didn't know there was also a class action Yeah, lawsuit. Uh, that one probably won't... Uh, it, like, I, many I class know, action I think lawsuits get filed. As and, far as I can tell, both of those things are the same thing. I think the other one you can latch on to if you're a dissatisfied consumer, if you feel hoodwinked by them. No, I think it's it's just one. Because it looks like it's on behalf of investors. Yeah, both... Uh, I'm looking at looking at the articles... And maybe this was filed and the other one t- and then it turned into the other one. That would make more sense. But they they look like they they seem to be the same thing. They're both yeah. for investors. But yeah, uh, both these articles are about. Or maybe um, this one's on. This one might be because it violated some, I guess, like federal trade law, and the other one's just hey, we're pissed. Yeah, uh, they're both stock about investors, stockholders yeah. specifically. But anyways, go on. Yeah, and. This kind of comes on the heels of, and I'm not sure if this is still the case, but uh, CD Projekt Red was facing some weirdness where GameStop, in a absolutely bizarre twist on this one, was accepting returns of Cyberpunk 2077 for it being, quote, defective. Yeah. 
That's going to be a Oof. first, I think, right? That's, yeah, that's, uh, it's at least uncommon. It's minimally uncommon, I'll say that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> wow, yeah. GameStop is like, okay. Yep. Because they usually only do that for unopened products. Yeah. Yikes. Like, uh, a lot of, and apparently a lot of retailers have loosened their uh, return policies. Best Buy has as well. And if you're on the PC end of things, modders have begun to fix, air quotations, fix the game. We've got third-person support modded in. Some people have maybe unlocked some stuff that was either cut content, never supposed to be there in the first place. Like, nothing scandalous yet, but a variety of mods now exist that, depending on your definition, either fix or dramatically improve the game. I've not dabbled in them, because I'm kind of waiting to see what happens with that thing, but... Yeah, no. All the the usual Bethesda trajectory is happening, surprising no one. Maybe, though, surprising everyone. How many copies do you think Cyberpunk 2077 sold by the end of 2020? Well, I already saw the numbers. Yeah. So. Alex, how many do you think, given kind of including returns and stuff like that, so subtracting that from the number, how do you, well do you think that game did? Um, I think sales-wise, I think it did really fucking well, regardless of it being really bad. 13 million copies sold. How many returns? No, that's, that's including returns. After returns, it's still 13 oh, million. Oh, after returns, still 13 yeah. million? Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Yep. <sighs> Making it one of the most successful launches in all of 2020. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. the yeah, most but, successful. But a little more about the, the lawsuit. So it is on behalf of basically stockholders, anybody that bought stock or in basically, which means investors in, in CD project red. See what they're saying is, and this is a thing uh, I, or uh, that I also read in another article is that they are saying that they were defrauded, that they were, that they were not told that they were told basically incorrect information on the state of the game. Like and it so this is definitely absolutely about you know the disastrous launch as far as uh, on a lot of consoles that it was defective basically and that but yeah this is saying that that the investors actually say that the CD Projekt Red lied to them knowingly lied to them about the state of the game and defrauding stockholders that's actually pretty serious if you can prove that in the court which. I'm gonna say if they're bringing this up, they probably feel like they have a they have something they have that might actually be a strong you know strong sort of sort of something they can present in court you know a strong case or whatever. I think they think it's strong. I think this also might be one of those examples of we thought the game was going to be good and they get to shrug and go yeah sometimes games are bad. Yeah, yeah, but this is yeah, but I mean this if it literally doesn't work on consoles, I mean they're gonna bring out the fact that hey. It's literally being delisted in stores. Oh yeah, no, there are some. There's a logic to suing over this, but I think it's. I think a lot of it could get captured in the "we're sorry you bought into the hype" aspect of it. But hey, sometimes games are bad, and but that's but yeah. stockholders also get special information. Like investors True. get special information, and I and this seems to be linked to what they were specifically told by CD Projekt Red, not just the hype train. You know the media hype train, but specifically what they were told as investors by the company itself, and that's when you can get in trouble. 
And that also pairs with the fact that I think like around the launch, maybe a couple weeks after the launch, week after the launch, CD Projekt Red got out there and someone from there was like, hey, we had no idea the console version was bad. Which sounded like yeah. at the time and still does, but yeah, maybe and that's in the, fact true. I don't know how it's true, but there's no way that could be yeah. true. It, it, you had that. I know they have a QA team. They must have just not fucking used them. Yeah, or they only I mean, tested that, on PS5s or something. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. We got some other kind of no doy news to get through real quick. Uh, surprising no one. Star Citizen Squadron Forty Two has totally missed its beta window. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a beta window? Yeah, it was supposed to happen in December, I think, but we're, we're past Yeah, that was that. never going to fucking happen. Nope. I just like saying things like that because they're mean and spiteful. Spiteful train. Remember those hardware tariffs we talked about? God, it feels like years ago, but probably like five, six months ago, is that kind of didn't wind up happening because one realized they were a really bad idea. It's been, it's been, it's officially been in, uh, been in development for a decade. Wow. Oh, we're back. We're so, we moved on from Squadron. Fair enough. Yeah. No, yeah, it's... Yeah. How long has Squadron 42 been in development? I, I have no idea on that number. I think the entire time, technically. Like, Squadron 42... For those who don't know, Squadron 42 is the true single-player mode for Star Citizen. It's supposed to be kind of the specifically narratively focused. Like, if you beat it, you unlock some stuff in the other part of the game kind of thing. Like, it's there for those of us that maybe want to play Star Citizen, but, you know, don't want to play an MMO with all the consequences that come with griefing and shit like that. Like, it, it is the it is the solo and or kind of closed off mode of Elite Dangerous, except that game's like, no, we have one thing, go play it. This is like, what if we made a specific, like, just for people who don't want to hang out in the MMO space, totally separate game with cinematics and Mark Hamill and lots of other stuff. and. Yeah! Based on everything that game's going through, it's always baffled me that, like, that thing hasn't happened yet, in all honesty. Uh, Of all the kind of, like, obnoxiously ambitious things in Star Citizen, that feels like the easiest thing to get done, and if you got it done, you'd make a very large chunk of that population happy, and, like, if you focused on that thing first, you could get stuff like the flight models and a variety of the other kind of like other technical weirdnesses done, and then you could you know make the MO fucking part of it. But what the fuck do I know? Yeah, it's. I'm gonna say this game's never fucking coming out. It's never fucking yeah, it happening. Feels like it. Definitely People feels like through their through how you know however many you know tens of millions of dollars with this game. All you've done is make Chris Roberts very rich. Yep. That's literally it. For him to apparently sit around in his house and do fucking nothing. Oh no, the moment Elite Dangerous added, hey, you can walk on planets and use guns as a person, I'm like, fuck it, I'm out. Like, I, Elite Dangerous, you're my boy now. <laughs> I can do my Space Wild Western shit in Elite Dangerous, we're good. Yeah. I just can't... It's... Why do people do things... Why do people throw money at stupid projects? because this... I, you mentioned 10 years, like Kickstarter, that whole crowdfunding thing was very different back then. We didn't have Star Citizen to laugh and point at yet. We didn't have Mighty Number no. 9 to laugh and point at yet. Like, we we were all blue-eyed, we were all bushy-eyed or whatever, like clear-eyed and happy, and we're like, yeah, the future is bright, nothing weird's gonna happen in the next six years, it's gonna make all of us think terrible things are gonna happen. I guess I'm just like an always cynic, 
is I'm like, I've never started a single, uh, I, I've like given money to like one Kickstarter campaign yeah. ever. That's only because I knew it was actually going to eventually produce something. Yeah, I, like, I think it's... I had no hope that fucking Chris Roberts was going to make Star Citizen a thing. There's I, a lot I, of I problems that, that could be talked about. I looked about at all the... always been there. Yeah, it's, there's... The amount of money that thing kickstarted off the bat, that was kind of insane unto itself. I also think that in the video game space, a lot of things have been learned because of Star Citizen, ironically, where it's like, okay, here's what not to do. Yeah. Yeah, it's this bizarreness of I will always hope Star Citizen actually happens because it'd be cool if that game happened and yeah, I have money in it, but who the fuck cares if like I've written it off? But it's also one of those ones where we've learned a lot because Star Citizen has been the slowly kind of descending, flaming Hindu video game. I mean, holy shit, 10 years. I mean, at this point, whatever comes out had better be the literally greatest thing ever produced by man. I mean, it, much... it won't be. Then that's the problem. Like it's this. I mean, game's... holy shit! We we've put ships into space, actual fucking spaceships in space, for less than this fucking budget. Yeah. Oh, uh, it like like real ass fucking spaceships into space for less than this budget. Everything about this game should be kind of a warning sign and just like an embarrassment to us. It's just at this point and. I also think it's one of those ones where because of the Kickstarter, because of the ongoingness of it and kind of the way this whole thing was handled, we have our own kind of bizarre situation where this game's kind of public impact has dramatically exceeded its initial kind of scope of who should be interested in this game. This game has always been just for space nerds, but now everyone knows about it because, hey, have you heard about Star Citizen lately? Like, it is its own nightmare. Yeah. Like, you want to get real weird with it? Like, it's not so much here in the U.S., but, like, up until COVID hit, like, there were active, like, meetup groups based around Star Citizen. And as Mm. best I can tell, people kind of, because of the game, people came together. That's cool. But they were meeting up to kind of be like, man, wish this fucking game would come out lately. Or have you played the alpha lately? Like, yeah, there's some stuff going on. Which on paper is cool, but also, like, is kind of sad. It's the cyberpunk thing. That's the more kind of recent version of it, where the game has been known for too long. It's like, no, there's no fucking way in hell a game lives up to an eight-year, ten-year dev cycle. It just doesn't. Yeah, Duke Nukem Forever. That's just a bad example, but at the same time, it's the perfect example of, like, at some point, you either have to to do something. Like, it's either you call it or you do it. Yeah. And maybe in Duke Nukem's case, you should take a look around and been like, okay, why the fuck are we even actually making this game? Yeah. And I think Star Citizen doesn't have that luxury where it's like, why are we making this game? Because a lot of people gave us a lot of money. Yeah. Reused my same transition I tried to use a couple minutes ago. Are those tariffs we talked about like five, six months ago that didn't wind up happening? Uh, Tech ones. Yes, that's right. So yes, they actually happened now. finally, and they're hitting graphics cards real hard. Oh yeah, I know. Then prices the went up. The market for one right now. Shit sucks. Yep, yep. Because uh, the you know Mister Art of the Deal never knows what the fuck he's doing. He's an inept fucking clown. Yep. Moving on from that though, uh, remember Sinking City? Nope. All right. That actually doesn't. 
So it was one of two kind of HP Lovecraft inspired Cthulhu Mythos games released in a weirdly tight, like despite the games having nothing to do with each other, I'm not sure I'd release two uh, Cthulhu games at the same time. Like it's arguably the better of the two. Like it's more of a video game than the other one is. But like I, I played the HP Lovecraft one's just called Call of Cthulhu. It's good. It's appropriately spooky, and it's Call of Cthulhu as fuck. This one's more kind of Call of Cthulhu, Grand Theft Auto, open worldy stuff, which I think like a lot of people seemed in on this. It had some problems technically in a variety of other ways. Like it's from our dear friends that made all the Sherlock Holmes games, which means if you follow our stuff, you should know where we're going with this. It, among many other games, was delisted. It's allegedly back, even though I can't find it on Steam as of right now. Like, I checked earlier today to make sure this was still true, and yeah, no, it's still not there, so I'm not sure what the fuck's going on with that, but I think you can buy it on PS4 at least, definitely. Maybe this is a returning to digital in the near future hand waviness. But yeah, it continues to kind of struggle with some ongoing legality stuff. Uh, for those who don't remember, this was Frogware and uh, Nancom, Na- Nacom, where, if you remember correctly, Nacom was not giving Frogware their Frogwares their rightful cut of the money being made off the game, and that led to all of Frogware's games getting pulled off the uh, gaming shelf, so to speak. That's been a thing. Mm-hmm. Moving on from that, though. Here's some news that's kind of just for me. Um, on the last day in the last hours of 2020, we got a fucking Stalker 2 trailer in the most Stalker way possible. Not much more to it, just do Stalker trailers out there. If you're into that type of thing, go check it out. It's appropriately, hey, we're making another Stalker game, we promise. <laughs> if you're into that the way I am, you're like, fuck yeah, this is how you end it. This is like, of course this is how Stalker releases a trailer. At like 11.58 on the last day of 2020, they're like, I hear some Stalker 2 footage. You're like, yes! This is how I want you to advertise this game, you mad Russian bastards. But but yes, get Hyper Stalker 2, one of my favorite kind of open world. Not quite the apocalypse, but totally the apocalypse survival. That has had some real weirdness over the decades it's existed, but I still love it. It's Time Portals in Chernobyl. God, that game franchise is... But yeah, no, I just thought that... I, I was sick at the time they released the trailer. I'm like, holy shit, new Stalker trailer? Am I sick? Like, did, am I hallucinating this? You don't just do this Stalker, but no, you do if you're Stalker. That's what people want. It shows off what that game's gonna look like, which is pretty and terrifying, but yeah. It's the most we've seen in two years from the game, so... I mean, to Xbox X is a exclusive initially, and then probably to everything else in the console space it can kind of latch itself on. Moving on from that, though, Nintendo has bought Next Level Studios, the people behind Luigi's Mansion 3 and Mario Strikers. If you're hopeful for other Mario Strikers game, which a lot of people are, this might be good news for you, so congratulations there. Uh, this is not kind of... This been a, bunch of acquisitions lately of various companies kind of gobbling up other smaller people lately and kind of uh, if they didn't good work with them in the past, it's a good thing hypothetically. We'll see how it kind of pans out ultimately. Yeah, and I think this one is probably a good one because yeah. they've already been making licensed games for Nintendo yeah. with Nintendo characters. This is just, I think, a step of just Nintendo working more closely with them. So, Yeah, know. it's like when... um. Nintendo officially bought Sucker Punch. Not Nintendo, sorry. Sony officially bought Sucker Punch, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah. So okay, you've done good work for us, become part of Sony and get access to all those cool inside Sony secrets. Wanna talk about Epic real quick? Sure. sure. Alright, so they've also been on their own buying spree, but unlike Nintendo, they've been buying game tools and land. I guess to start this one off with the kind of more straightforward acquisition of Epic Games, they bought Rad Game Tools. Um, what is this, Henry? You got experience with this, I guess? Like, I'm not sure what a game tool is at the end of the day. Is it like an engine add-on, essentially? or like a? Alright, so in this case, uh, the yeah, it's it's essentially like um sometimes it, it's usually a combination of a libraries that you use while programming, yeah. like additional libraries that make it easy to kind of encapsulate certain types of functionality that you need in the game. And uh, such as like a good library for sound or a good library programming library that for graphics even, I mean. Sure. So in this case, this is ones just for developing games. So it it will encompass a certain things that are like with the user interface, and yeah, uh, but yeah, it's yeah. So the game tools, yeah, it generally refers to a uh, lot of uh, libraries that are up for use, and rad game tools include basically a lot of different libraries. Like video codecs and like compression and and things like that. So I mean, uh, but the interesting thing is like, rad game tools have been around for a while. Like they aren't they aren't like really brand new, um, which is kind of interesting, I think. But uh, yeah, um, so yeah, they do. One of their main things that like they have includes like video compression. Like and and audio video and audio compression uh, tools, which means both encoding and decoding video. Well, so and I think kind of by itself that news is neat, but not all that interesting. I think when paired with their other acquisition, their land acquisition, you start maybe seeing something take place, and I think it's time to jump into that. So, Epic Games has purchased Cary Town Center, a Mall, a failing mall in North Carolina, about two miles away from their current kind of studio location, and they're making it into the new headquarters. Like they're they're changed. This is going to become the new Epic Games studio, and that's a pretty sizable upgrade in space. And yeah, huge. That seems like the, yeah, that seems like the kind of thing someone that was trying to really you know ramp up what their company does, maybe expand into couple other areas whether it be game streaming or maybe being a twitch competitor so i do i want to i want to add this uh that probably not everybody all right if you're not sort of like american like uh like from the u.s then you won't realize just kind of how massive malls tend to be in this this u.s mall so they they go horizontally. They 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 go they spread out very wide instead of sort of maybe being built more up. They go wide, and so it's a lot of area. So when we're talking like U.S. small, we're talking massive amount of land. In this Just case, nine hundred eighty thousand square feet. Whew, massive. Yeah, eighty-seven acres. Yeah, it's. Big. 
Well, yeah, go into what you're thinking about streaming and stuff. But Well, I, I think it's one of those ones where it's like, at a minimum, you are buying this space because you're going to either make your studio real big to start cranking out some games, or you're doing something else. And this feels like a something else move to me. And based off of what they may have picked up from Rad, like, is technology there something you could hypothetically kind of maybe, like, repurpose into another service of some kind? Like, the compression services, like, is that something you could potentially use the backbone of to do a streaming service or something kind of similar to that? Uh... Possibly. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, uh, all right, so their tools include something called Bink, and that's a video codec <clears throat> with a for compression and decoding and GPU decoding. They also have just data compression called Oodle, and that could possibly be made for streaming. So, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, that's that's a general purpose network data streaming tool. Yeah. Um, uh, they also, yeah, telemetry, which honestly, like, uh, see, Unity actually has a good telemetry thing where it can tell you, like, kind of profile how well your program works or your game works, like gives you things about application performance and, uh, but Unreal Engine hasn't had a very good one. So that's one they'll add, but that also could be help for that. I mean, there's. Yeah, I, there's. I think there's possibility there. Maybe well, I think just it's also probably no more complicated than how we want all of our kind of remote studios and our kind of stuff under the Epic Games umbrella on one goddamn location. Finally, like it, there's lots of less kind of crazy seeming things, but that's a lot of space just to kind of buy to bring people together hypothetically. And the, the well, the other crazy thing is it's. The rezoning would permit also hotel rooms and multifamily housing in additional in addition to commercial space. That feels so like, like Google. Like, that feels like a Google, uh, Google, Google complex type of thing or campus thing at that point. Like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely giving that go like that like Google vibe. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's going to include recreational spaces too. So that's yeah, that that gives a Google campus vibe definitely and. But yeah, they have a lot of money, so hmm, yeah. One point seven eight billion in August, apparently. So yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, this is also a sign of like, and this is something that I I, I won't go too long, but malls in America are dying off. They've been yeah. dying off a slow death for like oh, no, ten this years. Is actually, I'd a brilliant say. use of a mall, like for what they're trying to do. This might not be a terrible idea. Yeah, it's a repurposing. Yeah. I don't know how much of it they're just going to demolish or keep, but I think, I, I think that'll it, be interesting. Keep the rest of it, like you already have the industrial power. Like there's a lot of what makes a mall a mall that doesn't work terribly for like a game studio, hypothetically. Yeah, I yeah I I but yeah that is another you know like what do we do with all this kind of you know like you said sort of built-in infrastructure. Yeah on these large lots, what else are we going to do with them? I mean, it seems kind of a thing that, you know, just turn them into office space. I think it's you know, definitely interesting what Epic's doing here. Keep you posted as we learn more, I suppose. Um, what we won't be keeping you posted on, though, is have you guys been keeping track of the silly AA battery rumors going around this week about the Xbox? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> 
did you totally miss out on this, Alex? I guess. So, I'm not sure where it came. I think like a patent popped up or something. Some official seeming document popped up that seemed to insinuate maybe it came from Energizer or something. It seemed to insinuate that the reason the Xbox still has up until recently always had like slots for batteries in their controllers was they had some weird deal with Energizer or something or Duracell. Mm-hmm. And it got bad enough Microsoft had to come out and say this is absolute bullshit. Shut it down. Well, uh, but yeah, where it came out was it was somebody actually that works for Duracell said so in an interview that they have an agreement. (laughs) And I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Um, at one point. But Microsoft has just refused to go on the record about anything. Yeah. Like, so in this case, like, they have not debunked it, actually. They just are refusing to make any comment on it. Well, it's weird, because so, my Elite, I don't think, has a battery slot in it, but that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. I, part of me wants to now figure out, like, what batteries does that controller come with inherently, or does it not come with them? Because it comes with Duracell, then the conspiracy is obviously real. <laughs> On the less ridiculous news, though. Awesome Dame, uh, awesome Dames, that's a separate podcast. Awesome Games Done Quick 2021 has come to an end. It raised a shit ton of money, two million seven hundred sixty-two thousand five hundred thirty-seven dollars and three cents. Shit tons of money. Congratulations. Yeah, I watched uh, a certain. I watched a certain amount of runs. Like you know, there again, like not every run is in my interest, but uh, some of my favorites were. All right, so the Sonic Runners actually managed to get world records during. The, during GDQ, that's cool. uh, in their runs, which is kind of insane, knowing that the Sonic games they're playing are the, at this point so like refined. Like the speed run is so exacting and refined. It's like like any mistake is just like nope. You're not any any tiny minor mistake means you're not getting the record. You're already off. You're already like yeah. you know point. You're point two seconds off here, so you're no have no chance of getting the record. And to see them actually pull it off in a GDQ is pretty rare. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's the and those are very exact. Like I said, those the one runs that were happened on are very exacting runs. Were either of those games once they thought they like it's impossible to get higher at that point? I know the couple games out there like had a couple records mm, where it's like they're we, pretty close. Yeah. Like I mean, like the Super Mario record is you know at that point, you know, and the it, there's. There's a few runs where it's starting to get very close to that point, like the Castlevania one yeah. run. But yeah, the Sonic runs are right there, actually. Like because the way that kind of you utilize and speed and just all sorts of strats, it's it's become very down to you know point you know point millisecond hundredths, like hundredths, yeah, hundredths yeah. or thousands of a second even difference. Yeah. Between uh, stuff and doing certain, pulling off certain, you know, strats. But uh, another one I enjoyed watching was a. Uh, I like that they're starting to include a few arcade games, and uh, which are basically the runners who do arcade games are usually going for one CC for the most part, which means one credit clear. Like you, you do it on the set of lives or just on the amount of life that you're given or the set of ships or whatever. And Aquas, who is a really chill runner, 
uh, pulled off a very difficult 1cc of Moochie Moochie Pork. So he is running it on a mode where you start in the second loop, and the second loop is insane. And, and what, which means he just has to start with the ships, you know, the amount of ships, instead of having, you know, having the f- entire first loop to kind of build up the amount of ships and amount of bombs and whatever. He started off, he starts it on the second loop. It's an insane run. He, and he got it, some really clutch points, like, it came down to the wire. That one was close. And that's a v- insanely difficult shoot him up because it has so many different mechanics going on at the same time. Like, if you watch it, they literally spend the entirety of the run while he he's just, he's he's actually tuned out. He's not listening to anything. He's just listening to the game because it requires that level of concentration. And the other two people commenting on it literally fill the entire time with just talking about the crazy-ass mechanics that are going on in the levels. So, yeah, it's that was pretty cool to see once you see of that, which, yeah, I mean, it, I'm very... That's the two, probably, streams that I tend to watch. Basically, the two stream types of streams I tend to watch the most are the are speedruns and 1ccs. I also watch maker streams, but yeah, uh, it was co- cool to see that. Um, there's another... Oh, I can't remember. There's another game that uh, somebody 1cc'd. Elrock 1cc'd. Another arcade game. I can't remember it right now at the moment. It, I Yeah, I always like watching... I, I missed the task spot block. I'm going to go back and watch that because the task block Task spot block is also usually hilarious and fun, but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, oh yeah, just mentioned that GDQ, AGDQ, the one uh, awesome games done quick, the one done at this time usually every year, always uh, generally supports Prevent Cancer Foundation. So, in case people are wondering what charity this one's for, the one in the mm-hmm. summer usually is for uh, Doctors Without Borders. Congratulations! Yeah. That's a huge amount of money. Big money, and and as I mentioned before, whenever GD uh, Summer Games End Quick was going on, it is one thing to run an in person like live thing with the with basically a convention going on, and that has its own set of like difficulties. This is like their running the second digital event. This, yeah, the second digital event, and that runs its own set of like difficulties. And this one even went, went more smoothly than the previous one at least from the outside like as far as like people being able to tell if there is any problems going on you know any did you know whatever issues network issues or whatever you know like tool issues computer issues it was it would it was very hard to tell if there was any they actually did a bang up job again so yeah big big thank you to also the staff of agdq who do this? They don't get paid for it. They, they aren't nobody who who participates in for the staff of DDQ is getting paid for what they're doing. It's all for charity, and so they're all just giving of their time to to do all the stuff for it. So yeah, but just wanted to mention all that. <laughs> Where to go from here? Um, talk about Koei Tecmo for a little bit. We got two things about them. Um. We got a data hack, and we got uh, lawsuits over mods. So, they're having a great week or a great run of things this early on in the year. So, 
I think we talked about this. Maybe this was something of Capcom's data hack or something. But there's been a couple of these lately where I guess following their following a hack, Koei Tecmo decided to shut down their forums because you know big vulnerability there. Hypothetically, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, fortunately, the data was only for like forum accounts. Yeah, that does include email addresses. So if you're on the forums, prepare to be getting a lot of. Well, email addresses and passwords, essentially, of... that, so you can do some matching there, hypothetically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go check miowned.com or whatever. Not the end of the world, but this seems to be kind of becoming more and more of a thing. As Spectrum, though, we got Koi Tecmo being mad about how sexy some people are busy making dead or alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess sexier. No, no. Dead or Alive is a wholesome, family-friendly <laughs> game, Henry. I will not hear besmirching of the Dead or Alive franchise. There's nothing wrong with Dead or Alive. It's not Mortal Kombat. It's not that just grossly adult Street Fighter. Dead or Alive is for the family. It's got good Christian values. It's, it's wholesome, man. It definitely doesn't offer thousands of dollars worth of fetish gear for your characters. No, sir. Yeah, people are mad about it. Yeah, I have... It's almost too ridiculous to go into because it's almost kind of like local game company finds out people make porn of their video game characters shocked and outraged after putting video game characters in scantily clad outfits anyway and giving them just ridiculous physics for a variety of other reasons because fighting game. Uh, yeah, so Koei Tecmo has announced its filing charges uh, after finding out there's a DVD going around, an unlicensed DVD full of dead or alive characters doing naked things. Um, there's been with a mod of some kind, so, yeah. I probably this isn't even the first time they've had to do this, so they won a court case back in 2002 over, uh, over a nude mod, I guess, for Kasumi, so sounds like a great place to work. <laughs> And they're not even mad about the nudity, they're mad about copyright. They're like, we don't care if it's sexy, we care we're not getting paid for that sexy. Yep. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the mod itself, it had to do with it was being sold. Yep. You want to make money off our girls? Koei Tecmo gets a slice, bitch. What the heck is Dead or Alive Extreme Venus Vacation? I don't even know what that is. I think that's... Is that literally, like, like, now it's... Literally, not even volleyball, it's just look yeah, at these characters. Yeah, I think Venus Vacation is the one that never made it to the U.S. because we wouldn't get it here. Yeah. We just don't understand right. the Dead or Alive franchise here no, in the it looks, U.S. It looks like it was released here. I, I see an English website for it. I just typed it in. I'm like, yeah, it's just, I get, I, I, game features, there's there's a story? Well, Dead or Alive Feature Volleyball had a story to it, dude. Uh, you did this one. You just can just invite the characters to come to festivals. That's literally it. Well, I guess okay. They do have volleyball in there. Yeah, this seems real dumb. Yeah, it's dead or alive. Like, yeah. Which oddly enough, I do like the game engine for Dead or Alive. I always sure. Have. It's a fine fighting game, bogged down in just some of the most egregious pervy microtransactions. In the fighting yeah. game world, like... Which is why I haven't played it since 2. Yeah. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I played a little bit of 3. 
Oh, yeah, the, the most recent ones are hella good games too. Like they're they're fantastic fighting games, bogged down and just some stuff. Where you're like, I think <laughs> stopped doing this like ten years ago. Like this is gross, but but also let me see those thongs swimsuits against fighting game characters. What do you what you working with, Zach? Yeah, I once again Koei Techno kind of puts us in the awkward situation where we're like, are you mad people did this? Are you mad you didn't get your pimp cut? Oh, it's the pimp cut. Got it. Yes, but that's enough about that. Um, Apple removed 39,000 games from the App Store in China. That seems a little bit suspect. Yeah, a lot of games. They say what kind? Like, are they the gotcha, pay-to-win bullshit ones? Because I could see them doing that. I Apparently it's because of stricter licensing regulations, I guess, being ushered in by Chinese authorities. Uh, but this does include games like uh, NBA 2K20 and Assassin's Creed Identity, which I'd never heard of prior to this, but I'm assuming it's like a mobile Assassin's Creed game that none of us have played. Yeah, I probably this is part of, like, the 39,000 is part of a larger 46,000 total number of game of, of apps that were impacted by this. Um, That's a lot of games. Yeah, apparently... I. Uh, kind of independent research company did a search, and that I guess only 74 of the top 150 paid titles on the App Store. That means all paid titles survive. 1,500. 1, 1,500. Yeah, 1, my bad, my bad. Yeah, I, that's not a great that's, ratio. That's huge. You know, and that's the thing, it's like, and I'm going to keep saying this every time we bring up, like, the, you know, the Chinese government, the CCP. They're looking at China like this big gold mine, but you know what? At any point, China can just say, no, no. Like, they they can just, like, you know, with, with impunity, just completely cut you off with no recourse. Yep. Like this, they can just decide, no, you don't get to do anything here because we said so. We have changed so the rules. So, you, may, the you know, you may have completely, you know, prostrated yourself to us, just completely bent over, laid down for us. We don't care. They they'll they'll just you know cut off your cut off your company from China anyways because they feel like it. I mean that's that's things like with all you know with Blizzard bending over backwards. One of these days they might, might just decide you don't get to do business here. Period. Because we said so. You know you you sacrificed all of this goodwill and all this everything else to have a have a stake here, and then they can just say no you don't get to have a stake here because we decide we said so that's that's what really i think is kind of i don't know darkly humorous about the whole thing is like stuff they can do like this is like nope you don't get to make money here because we said so i think that should be a fucking lesson to these game companies that keep sort of like you know like i said just completely you know, spinelessly giving in to everything that China tell that the Chinese government tells them to do. So, and with that in mind, let's talk about Tencent real quick. I think the two weren't inherently not linked at the end of the day. Yeah, uh, Tencent continues its spree of buying. I told you this was a buying episode of people buying lots of stuff, but uh, yeah, they have bought a uh, part of a company called Liu. Yeah. I don't know how to say that. Leo, <laughs> I, but that includes uh, S- Splash Damage, who uh, who developed Warframe among other things, or or no, hold on, that's Digital Extremes. That's Digital Extremes. Yeah, I'm trying to 
but that's also under the same uh, yeah they, they now the own umbrella. a chunk of splash damage and digital extreme two very like, digital extreme's doing fine just by itself yeah splash damage includes wolfenstein enemy territory ah the digital and, extreme uh, gear, was a bigger surprise as as well as gears tactics yeah and so that's in gears 5 so i mean that's that so, so yeah splash damage is yeah they that they, they've yeah, that's a that's a pretty big, you know. Uh, they've put out some pretty major titles already, and yeah, Tencent's just buying stuff left and right. Yeah, and in this case, they've completely bought out Layu instead of just investing in them like they have in some other places. This is one of the companies that they've just outright bought. Yeah, for those keeping track of things, companies that uh, Tencent has a chunk of, and now include. Riot Games, Funcom, Funcom, Shark Mob, uh, Supercell, Epic Games, Frontier Developments, Activision, Blizzard, Ubisoft, and now Liu, or everything under Liu. Yep. Tencent owns a lot of video game stuff. What that means, we still don't know yet, but one company owns a lot of video game stuff, which should not make you comfortable. But last but not least, we got a good old fraud case for you to talk about. Talk about Tap Joe. Now they settled the FTC after uh, years of being not great. How do we even go through this? Have we talked about this before? Like, I, I, I remember talking I, about this. I, I, I swear we have. It's it's hard to keep up with the uh, you know bad companies sometimes. Yeah, so. <laughs> they do blend together. Well, so uh, if you're not familiar with Tapjoy, they're a California-based company that um makes up that kind of specializes in those games. You know, but that have all those in-app rewards and advertisements and all that stuff, and they got accused of defrauding people that dealt with that stuff. So, yeah. For the FTC, um, Tapjoy's scam has allegedly gone on for several years, resulting in hundreds of thousands of complaints filed by pissed mobile gamers across the country. Um, I find an actual game they may have put up. Well, they don't do the game, they do technology that's put oh, into Oh, are games. they the guys that make the annoying, like, you can't move the fuck on till you interact with this ad, people. Yes. Okay. And you, in exchange for usually in-game currency. Sure. I'm sure I've seen them. There's oh, several sure, companies yeah. that do this, but um, this one, they the problem is, Tapjoy usually wouldn't follow through on that. They would you'd watch this and interact with this ad. And you're supposed to get a bunch of in-game currency, and then they just wouldn't do it. They just yeah. And the case, the FTC said, uh, as far as their research, they say that as far back as 2016, Tapjoy already knew that their users weren't regularly getting rewarded, and uh, apparently this came through the through internal emails that were that were captured as part of the commission. So, yeah. They collected a lot of personal details. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah, and also what's even more sketchy is, like, some of the stuff wasn't just, you know, like, click on this and interact with this ad. Some of them were, buy a subscription to a magazine or some other type of, or buy a, just buy a thing, and then you get... And then you get this offer, and then they wouldn't follow through on on their on their on their part. So yeah, that's just outright fraud. 
and they should have gotten worse than a settlement. Yep. Like they should have just gotten banned from fucking existing. That's my take. But I hey, mean, it's the mobile game market, so fuck them. Who cares? But I play a mobile game. I know. I was making a joke. They need. They need to be like KOF All Star. Yeah, KOF All Star. So which... I'm trying to figure out if the mobile game I play, which is my stupid um, Lemmings game, if the farther you get into that game, the more egregious the microtransaction push gets, or if they've just mm. have slowly over the time I've been playing that game made the push more and more egregious, or if it's more like, hey, you spent a lot of time with this game and you've never given us any fucking money. Let's try and make this even more aggressive. But like every couple like sections of that game, it feels like the game's microtransactions get like worse. Hmm. Where it's that like, sucks. yeah, we had this stuff. Slemmings is fun. That that's a fun. great little kind of you know thing to take your time. No, you know? I, I think like and that's the tragedy of it all. I think the mobile version of that game is great. Like the actual gameplay of that game is exactly what I want. I can get through a couple. Or, of levels. It works really well with yeah. the touch screen. I yeah. would imagine. I haven't played it, but it sounds like it would be. Perfect no, for a touch I, I even like the interface. fact that the game like leans into like, hey, like we your your energy's a limited resource, so it's like, yeah, yeah. You don't have unlimited things you can do per level, so you have to be kind of strategic about it and make sacrifices. And you do get stuff out of it, but like it's just gotten more and more egregious how often they're like, Hey, um you wanna spend some money? And I'm like, No, no, I don't. I don't care about skins in this game. I just wanna make my lemmings climb ladders. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, I, yeah, I still, I'm still playing uh, KOF All Star, and yeah, when you log into the app, you'll see a couple. It pops up a couple of things like, here's the thing, here's the current promotion going on, and also, and then it'll usually give, here's a thing you can, a good package you could buy, but then it's just like, nothing after that, <laughs> and I still, all right, and I've mentioned this before. It's like the energy is like, I my maximum. Or at least, like, what I get, I don't know, it should be around 400. I've never dropped below a thousand. I've literally never dropped below a thousand energy. And I've play, and I've run this game. All right. So there's certain things you can do in the game that, like, for certain things going on, where if you just replay them again and again, you build up points so you can buy a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a time limited uh, currency for certain promotions going on. But it's completely free. It, this, there's nothing you have to pay to do this. And you can just set, and I have it on my, I, I use it, play the game often on my desktop through a uh, Android emulator. And so I'll just set it on auto for like, play play this literally 30 times in a row on auto. Because I have good enough characters where they can just clear anything. And I'll just come back, and they're like, I have all this, cur- all this limited time currency, and and I still, even after playing a thing thirty times, I still have never dropped below like fifteen hundred of the energy. <laughs> it's hilarious. Like I, I'll literally just uh, because imagine each of those. All right, thirty times. Each of those usually takes about twenty five, thirty or so. Of the time currency, so you can kind of do the calculation there. It's like I will drop like a thousand of the time currency, sure, yeah, and I, I still have an outrageous amount of time currency left. Time currency it, is the best dump sentence ever. Yeah, I I don't know a better way to describe it. No, I I love the phrase time currency. Like 
Did you have, either of you guys watch that movie? It was called like Out of Time or something, where time was literally currency. Like you aged to the age twenty five, then you stopped aging. You had like a wristwatch that showed how many hours or seconds you had left, and when the seconds ran out, you died. Well, that's Logan's Run. No, it's like there's a more recent one too. Okay. Where, but, oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There can, is like, one. You could like buy shit with You're time, right. and like the whole idea You're was right. people had all the money, had all the time. Literally, they had like thousand year old people that are like, "I was a robber baron. I have all the time." And the show was. Oh yeah, like, I remember that. Was yeah, scary. I saw it in theaters. I, it was this mix of like, ah, oh, this is fun, and also this is so dumb because you have like they. The movie had cool parts where people like developed certain quirks about what social status they were. Where it's like, yeah, rich people don't run. I'm like, that's a weird thing to say, but in this context, totally makes sense. Yeah, crazy. yeah. Like, someone tried eating and walking at the same time once. Like, I've never done this before. Why? I've never had to. <laughs> yeah, that's a very sidetracked point. At that point, uh, <laughs> yeah, tap joy, <laughs> shitty. I don't, I don't fucking know at this point. Yeah, so their resolution is is like they're going to be forced to basically do the thing that they were supposed to be doing all along and then do it within a fixed amount of time that is if they say that they're going to give you, you know, x amount of currency for doing this thing, like either you get it within the time frame or they get in trouble again. So, I guess that's the way it's going to work. Yay. <laughs> Maybe don't play games that involve tap joy. Just, just throwing that one out there too. Yeah, just a thought. I don't know. Yep. I think that's a good thought to have. Alex, come with the hot takes. Yeah, I agree with this thought. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Well, that does it for news. That was a long and winding path through a lot of stuff. I. Anyone else starting to suspect that Cyberpunk might become our new version of Fallout seventy six? Oh God! That's please, be so disappointing. Please let this happen. As a person who's not invested in Cyberpunk twenty seven, as someone who is invested in Cyberpunk, <laughs> let this happen. Like I, I, I'm having my fun with that game. I still want to dance around the fire, going. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think? All right, uh, this is a side note. Uh, one thing that doesn't get enough news is the person who literally created Cyberpunk. He hasn't really gotten like a whole like you know heralded you know it's like yeah I I think Keanu Reeves being sort of a spokesman for it was a really good move seeing as how popular Keanu Reeves is in the current zeitgeist but also like the creator of of Cyberpunk uh, twenty seventy seven is a very very cool. Yeah, he was involved person. like in the pre-Keanu stuff. He was pretty involved. Like, there's a bunch of IGN interviews out there with him. Like he yeah, also Mike Mike yeah Mike Pondsmith. Yeah, Mike is Pondsmith. his name, and he's an awesome, awesome person. If you don't know who Mike Pondsmith is, look him up. He's been busy he's done a lot of cool Cyberpunk stuff. Red more than anything else. Actually, that's been kind of more of his baby. Yeah, which makes sense. So, yeah, right? it's the reimagining of that game. But yeah. He, there's stuff out there with him. Like, there's some interviews with him where it's like, so what do you think of the video game? He's like, it's real cool they made a video game out of my stuff. Really cool, actually. Like, he's kind of excited. Yeah. People are like, holy shit, people know what Cyberpunk is still. Like, it, there's a genuine, like, yeah, I never thought I'd be having this interview. Why? I made Cyberpunk. Like, didn't make no D&D. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, he did work with them. Yeah, no, he, he was involved in it, definitely. And 
the earlier on stuff for Cyberpunk, definitely the pre-Keanu stuff, he was very much more involved in it. And I know like a bunch of people in certain communities kind of resonated with the fact that they're like, hey, we're making Cyberpunk. Holy shit, this game from Mike Pondsmith. Like, that's a big deal to certain people. Yeah. Um, apparently, like, his mainly he worked on the game world and the mechanics. Oh, you mean which, the stuff I care about? Yeah, <laughs> that shows. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, he wanted to make sure that the mechanics basically play like Cyberpunk, yeah. and the game world itself feels like Cyberpunk. Yeah, no, he, so, I, the, 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 yeah, that's why, I, that's why I've kept playing that game. It feels like the video game-ass version of that tabletop RPG, I, I, that's, and that's I why I've been putting up with it. And yeah, I played the tabletop RPG myself as yeah. well. But yeah, uh, I I don't know. I just feel like he hasn't gotten enough credit for like this dude created Cyberpunk, like not not the but the tabletop game. Yeah. He created this and is still creating it. Yeah. Yep. No emails this week. We do have one. More. Let's sit till next week because we've done a lot of talking and my voice is th- my voice is starting to hurt. It will sit till next week from jeff anyway all right <laughs> okay we're okay letting jeff down another podcast in a row yes <laughs> wicked awesome cast at gmail.com send it in we're fine we're back whatever like the podcast will resume we apologize for it if you do want to kind of get a heads up on that in the future go check out twitter that seems to be the way we're communicating these days i'm actually going to change up our show notes a little bit this week so that we will still have wicked awesome cast at gmail.com down in there First and foremost, so you can email us if you so wish. But I'm going to start seeding it with our kind of personal Twitter handles or whatever. If people are cool with that, so that you know you can actually catch the news or me rambling about crazy or whatever. Because we do get up to stuff. Like it, it's a thing we do with some frequency. Depends on the week, admittedly. But yeah, if you're looking for kind of a heads up on Hey No Podcast this week and why it happened, that's the place to check. We don't do a mailer just yet. Not people want that. <laughs> <laughs> Dear valued listener of the Wicked Awesome Cast, no podcast this week. <laughs> Charlie's in, Charlie injured himself. His dog is sick, or something else weird happened. Back next week, or some bullshit. Who knows? And you must get to watch the uh, official Twitter for the group be mean to me on Twitter. Because <laughs> the wicked man knows no friends or enemies, just enemies. <sighs> but I think that does it for this week's episode, more or less. Um. I got no streams to pimp, but uh, Mordak, M-O-R-D-4-K on Twitter. I'll put that in the show notes as well. What are you two up to if you have anything to talk about? Um, I guess I'll go really quick here. Um, So I actually have been uh, doing a little bit of streaming now. Specifically. You have? I've been. I have. I've, I've been watching a few of them. Yeah, Henry's popped in on a few of them. So, um, yeah. I've been streaming mainly World of Warcraft, of course. Uh, I haven't really dabbled in other games, but I actually talked about it on my stream that mm-hmm. maybe I'll, I'll dabble some other games throughout the week as the week goes on. But uh, WoW is primarily the game that I play. Half so. my Destiny clan is building PCs right now, FYI. <sighs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know why they're all yeah. suddenly doing it, but they're like, we're making PCs! What are we buying? I'm like, ah, ah. Whatever you can right now. <laughs> I, I've thought about messing around with like that fantastic. Was it that weird horror game where the spirits talk back to you? Oh, kind phasmophobia. Of yeah, phasmophobia or mm. even rust. Messing around with either. Of Yo, those. I'd be down for like trying out phasmophobia. 
Yeah, I think that'd be a fun thing we can do as a That group thing's jank point. just hurts me a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> That's part if of the If you fun. want to twist my arm, I'll play it, but I do not enjoy jank in my games. <laughs> Let me rephrase, not jank of that variety where it's so jank. It's like, it's endearing. I'm like, no, no, it's not. Like, you play Cyberpunk, and I don't like it there either, but like, it's less, I'm folding inside of myself to duck bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So I, I'm I'm dabbling in it. So we'll see. Um, there's another game that Henry and I actually are thinking of trying. Is actually jumping into the unofficial Matrix Online server. Mm, yeah. Okay. If you do that, let me know. Um, I, I will come and be like, this game doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason it started to pique my interest was because they mentioned it. I don't know if you saw that in the. Uh, the unlike just recently released series finale alternate opening for the office. Oh yeah, they they you mentioned that. Yes, I. They mentioned that the Matrix has three movies and an online game. No, it doesn't. So, Alex, there's up. a reason that office intro never showed because it's full Shut of up. lies. Shut up! Don't rub it in. Yeah, so I figured we can get on the uh, we can stream us messing around in Mega City in the unofficial Matrix Online server. So don't play Elite uh, Dangerous already. Join that horror (laughs) nightmare. Yeah, so uh, I'll keep you guys posted on that. But yeah, I think at some point we should check out. Yeah, if even just for like a one-off, like just stream of. I will totally show up and be like, "What the fuck's the Matrix?" Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah um, other than that you can catch me in all my streaming platforms uh, that's Twitch Facebook Gaming and YouTube and that is uh, Mave Online for all of them so twitch.tv slash Mave Online youtube.com slash Mave Online and of course fb.gg slash Mave Online so Gesundheit, I think? those are all of them Mm-hmm. I'm just making fun of whatever the right phrase for oh. it is. I'm just going to say, yeah. I'm that's what <laughs> FB-GG whatever stands for, right? Facebook.GG, that's their like Facebook gaming thing, so. How's that yeah. going, by the way? Like, I've... Apparently, I mean, Facebook's platform for streaming is doing fairly sure. well. I started, yeah. it started to try and push itself into my life. Like, I go on Facebook now, and it's like, hey, do you hear about Facebook gaming? And I go, no, but... It's becoming yeah, more no, more it does fairly well, actually. They have way better DMCA kind of protections yeah. for streamers when it comes no, to music. No, we've talked about like, that before, have... yeah. Yeah, so... They got that going for themselves. I start streaming all the awkward sex scenes from Cyberpunk on Facebook so I can get myself blocked, finally. Yeah. yeah. Just on loop. There's, uh, I think... Although there is no poggers in any platform now. No, it's back. It's now, but... like... They're making a new one every day oh, or that's something. Right. I don't every yeah, day. every twenty four hours they change it to another one. Yep. Which is kinda cool, I guess. I don't know what Poggers is I, and I don't care. Or PogChamp. Yeah, it used to be Gutex. Well, you would know because it's F- it's FGC related. Yep. It used to be Gutex. Who just so. kind of devolved into more and more of a garbage person than he already was, apparently. He took a fucking dive. I think he took separating from Mike Ross pretty fucking hard. That's why I don't that's but. why I don't know what the hell PogChamp <laughs> is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I actually, since it's rooted in FGC tradition, I want to see a Yipes uh, PogChamp, just because I have seen Yipes as like a legend 
in the FGC world. And yeah, I imagine so. that just because if they're going to stay thematic with at least F- people within the FGC, that we may see our our favorite favorite uh, uh, Sonic Fox as a uh, temporary Pog champ. I'd be cool with that. That would be pretty legit. Yeah. I'd be down with that. Just make the uh, craziest moments from uh, from uh, uh, Killer Instinct, the new emote or whatever it is, the entirety highlight reel of that. Just make that 30-minute highlight reel emote. <laughs> get that out there so people get KI back in FGC. <laughs> God, that's the best fighting game footage in years. It's just like, what was this? This was one tournament. Holy fuck. Like one dude doing all of it. You're like, what the fuck is KI? I am. I haven't been. I haven't been doing too much streaming. I actually did a maker stream not long ago. Uh, that was the last stream I did, and that well, I was working on a well, improving a piece of a costume that I have. I was working on my uh, Doctor Who costume, and working on the well. Out of context, it just sounds weird. Uh, celery that I made out of thermoplastic. And I completely redid the leaves on it, so now they look like like leaves. Like the previous ones, the previous job I did on it, just oh, it just didn't look good. And so I completely redid that, and I'm happy with the way it turned out. I actually, got it finished within the single stream. Like took about three or so hours of me just kind of working with it. But thermoplastic is really cool, really cool to work with, and. I may end up doing some more maker streams. I have some more costume things I may costume ideas I may be working on. Are you vacuum so working it or kind of hand sculpting it? Hand sculpting. So uh yeah, I so yeah, I'll probably be doing some more streams and maker streams. Probably some game streams, maker streams, and that will be on Kraken Zero. That is Z E R Zero, and that's on Twitch. And if I'm streaming on Twitch, I usually put out uh, something on Instagram and my Facebook pages, which are also Kraken Zero. I'll put something out on there announcing my stream. So, yeah, uh, if you want to see me working on stuff or probably playing some Sega Master System stuff, uh, come on in. I, I'm still working on a Rambo like speed run, making that better. Since now I actually have the record in it. I actually want to make that better. I think I can shave off like five minutes off of it if I uh, possibly. You start using both of your old gamer tags. You're at the top two people. It's like Nomad Har <laughs> and Kraken Zero. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and but yeah, and also I have another game that I have barely ever played for the Sega Master S- System, but it's an interesting one, Zillion, which is a well, it's kind of a. Uh, it's hard to describe. It's it's Metroid-esque, I'd say, in a certain way, where there's the kind of Metroidvania or search action game. Maybe that's the better name now. Search action game where you essentially go from... or You're in, infiltrating a base, and you have to kind of find certain items and actually program stuff into computers. And the thing you're trying to do is you're trying to kind of activate three, like a special computer in it. I don't remember the exact plot at the moment because I haven't played it much. But yeah, I'll probably just be streaming just me making my way through that game. And I think it'd be fun, uh, fun adventure. <laughs> Especially because there's a lot of jank to the game too. It's definitely not a perfect product in the little bit that I've played. But yeah, 
That's what I'll be up to. You're the metal. <laughs>